We'd like to thank our sponsor, SLC Guitar, for another sweet guitar riff. Welcome to another episode of Build with Breen Homes, where we talk all things construction, business management, and just have a good old time behind the microphone. All right, man. We're on part two. Like that, we, we got into it on the last conversation. So welcome to part two, sir. Let's pick back up. I've been thinking about two things while I've been listening to, you, to y'all talk. And it's almost two questions that pop up, but bring us back up to almost a, a professional level, so to speak. But one being, you know, there's so much controlling that you can do in your world, your life, your bubble, you know, but there's so much outside influence. And it, it you know, the last point that we just talked brings up the discussion of you have this outside influence of social media, mainstream media, friends and family. Uh, you see people around and you just have this constant like that person had it handed to them right. or that person's on a cooler vacation or that person has X, Y, and Z. Yep. And we found that it's made it incredibly hard to raise kids because they're constantly looking at, well, I have to go to school today, but this kid's mm-hmm. in Hawaii. Yep. And we do it to ourselves, right? So one thing is like our society uses probably the biggest motivator to to propel the general mass of people is fear. Right. And that's like the most unhealthy motivator, but that's what they use. CNN, fear if you crisis news network. Yeah. Fear if you don't pay your taxes. Right. Fear of the latest sickness. FOMO. Fear of have to get this. FOMO. FOMO. Like no. whatever it is, it's just fear. Like drive fear into them. And all these outside influences hit you. And so you've got to have this like very strong bubble that keeps you in your world or this very strong sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And yet you're trying to teach kids this. So one question is like, and I want to ask my other one before we get into either of them here. But one question is like, how in the world do you... It took, you know, you 42 years to get to this bubble, so to speak, or this, this strength wall. How do you teach that 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old kid that has a very fragile bubble, you know, in today's society that we don't understand? And we're finally starting to see from our parents going, that was different. You know, right. I walked yeah. I walked to school uphill both ways in a foot of snow, <laughs> right. right? But now we're realizing that, damn, our parents were right, right. <laughs> you know? Right. So there's question number one. And question number two, me being in the construction industry, you know, I, I hate to beat up on my industry, but I do a lot. Yeah, I work with the individuals that have been, and maybe I just perceive it because it's my industry and we have them in all industries, but the individuals that have been beat up by society, beat up by government, out of balance, whack lives that all they have is I have to make enough money to pay my bill. And so if a I have a lot to of tradesmen, that's yep. your job. Exactly. I generalizing my industry with tradesmen, you know, the blue collared workers that get up at 4 a.m. to be to a job or a, a warehouse at 5 a.m. and they're pounding energy drinks or coffee yep. throughout the entire day and they're, they're eating, you know, unhealthy processed foods for lunch. Mm-hmm. And they get home when it gets dark mm-hmm. to take off their muddy boots and try to play dad. And they they throw down a few beers with dinner. Mm-hmm. And it's back to the same rat race the very next day. And, and I'm not not saying that's wrong. Society's put them in that, that hole or that path, right? Like society has led them to say, in order for you to have, you have to do this. And, and then I, in a lot of ways, I'm now stuck dealing with that every day. Yeah, I've I have to invite those people into my life mm-hmm. when I'm trying to control my bubble. And so, you know, the, the second question that I bring up is how do how do we when we are in profession, because every profession has us stuck in the rat race. Yeah. How do you deal with those individuals when you're trying to 
define your sense of purpose, keep balance in your life, keep your fascia or your aurora pure mm -hmm. and chase what you want. When you have society motivating everyone with fear and beating the shit out of you right. and people that have fallen into that rat race following that same race right. and you're back here saying, I'm just trying to control my business yeah, or my family or my life. Yeah. You know? I, no, I love that. There, there is a ton of stuff there. And this is like my favorite topics to discuss. I could say so much, but I would say a few things to what, to what you just said. First off is what Brandon said. It, it, it's FOMO. Now, when FOMO came out as an acronym, fear of missing out, in the early 2000s or late 90s, it was kind of a joke. Right. It was like, oh, you got FOMO? And, and I remember in college, we would, we would say that. I can't remember where I read this, but uh, the National Institute of Psychiatry is close to actually defining it as a diagnosable mental disease. Oh, Jesus. And over the last two decades, here's what's happened with that. Yeah. And I see this in my teenage girls. FOMO is at the root of it, comparison. So nowadays, we all live in this digital yeah. uh, life where we can hop on any time and see a Disneyland life of our friends and see what we're missing out on. Right. And by that, I mean Disneyland is fake. People only post the best of their lives and or it's edited. Right. And by the missing out part, I have a 12, almost 13-year-old uh, teenage daughter that has virtually been paralyzed by FOMO to the point of, of major school problems. We've had uh, three different specialized therapists we've worked with. And it shocks my friends because when they interact with this daughter of mine, they're like, oh, she's the most bubbly, like fun kid. Right. So it's very masked. And man, I worry for next gen because mm -hmm. it's just getting ever increasingly more difficult. So with that foundation that you know Adam alluded to, maybe to provide some of my experience and help our listeners a little bit with, with stuff like that, because I have dove in with my kids, I would say a couple of things to what, to what Adam said. The first is something that's really helped me in all the literature and podcasts and things I've consumed the last five or six years as I've really been on a self-discovery journey. I would say one of the top three things that helped me is this foundational principle. And, and I, I'm going to use some language that sounds a bit religious, but this can be taken in an, in an energy sort of way. And, and I don't mean it specifically in religious context. You don't have to be religious to understand this. In fact, I think Russell Brand <laughs> even wrote about this, you know, and he, he's, he's been self-proclaimed agnostic, but then uh, in his most recent books alludes a lot to spirituality. So, and, and it's, I don't know who, who coined it exactly this way, but it, but it uh, is, is reiterated in, in many different ways in lots of books. So it's this foundational principle. We, who is, who is Jake Breen? All of us have four individual personas or parts of us, if you will. We have our mental body, which is our mind. We have our physical body, which is physically uh, your atoms and put together and, and how your body operates. We have our emotional body, which I described a bit earlier as our fascia. And, you know, in a Hindu sort of way, you can say the seven chakras, however you want to define it. But a lot of cultures have said we have that emotional side to us. And lastly, we have our spiritual body. You're uh, in, if we stick with the chakras analogy in the seven chakras, one of them is actually hovering above your head and outside of your body, and that's your 
crown chakra or your your spiritual chakra. Let's your aura, if you will, your energy, or other terms we could use for spirit. Okay. When I accepted and started thinking or meditating or having life experiences where I remembered that foundation, when when Brandon goes, all right, I'm really struggling with X Y Z, but how am I struggling with it? Mm. Is it my mental mind that's really pissed off at this situation right now? Yep, it sure is. I've been stewing on it. I can't help but not think about it. Right. Okay, then take a moment. How is that affecting your body? How is it affecting your body from a physical sense? Is your gut upset? Mm. Do you have a headache? Are you releasing cortisol in your traps? Okay, once you've defined that, now ask yourself honestly, no one needs to know. Even if you're ticked off at your spouse, they don't necessarily need to know. And maybe you're like me and you just bottle it up for so long and you brush everything under the rug because you're type A and you just go make it happen, right? So you then go, all right, how is this affecting me emotionally? How's it really affecting you emotionally? Most men that are type A, if they're ticked about something or it's on their minds a lot, the first emotion is anger, but what's underneath that? How and why is it really affecting you? And once you, it takes a long time, and this is what I'm struggling with right now, I can't go around every day trying to get myself back into perfect alignment and a constant zen mm-hmm. because then you lose, your eye gets off the ball. You oh, got to make money. Sure. You got to be there for your family and right. all this stuff. But you get faster at it. You get quicker at defining what's ailing me. Mm-hmm. And here's some funny statistics that if you start diving into books on this on these topics that you start to learn is as a percentage, type A entrepreneurial American men probably spend 99% of their time in their mental body thinking about stuff that half the time is probably not accurate. Right. And the 1% of time we're not in our mental body, we're in our physical body and you're mm. pumping iron or having sex. Right. And that, when you do those things, you are in your physical body. If, if you don't know, if you're listening to this, you don't know what I mean, go outside and try to sprint 100 yards as fast as you freaking can. You will only be in your physical body. You can't think. You can't feel emotion. You're, yeah. You are in your physical body. And one of the main points in me bringing this up is I believe until society, until some business norm, cultural things in business and society change. And to be a negative Nelly for a minute, I'm not so sure that they they will change. I think things are trending with FOMO and comparison and all that jazz in the opposite direction. But what is giving me a bit of a sense of purpose and more empowers me these days is explaining these things that if in a home setting, in a business setting, in a community setting, if we could all be more aware of these four things that combine to really be us, and if we could all tune into them uh, a little bit more than just living in our minds and dealing with the first emotional response that comes to us, then we could we could really progress. And unfortunately, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Although I'm hopeful and it's giving me a sense of purpose to, to help explain it to people, in general, crisis news network, social media, and comparison for kids, and many other things we could go off on tangents on, are trending us in the opposite direction of being aware of our spiritual, emotional, physical, and mental selves. Right. That's deep, man, too. 
I want to talk a little bit about the business norms aspects. Like you, mm-hmm. you touched on that. Adam touched on it. I have found that within construction, this is what I'm currently talking about, but within construction, there's a norm, you know, between contractors, trades, how they're treated, what's expected of them, you know, how trades feel they are to be treated one way or another. There, There is a norm. I have also seen that majority of the successful trade partners or contractors step outside of that norm and have been very, very successful with it. Like down to, from a contractor's perspective, down to how you treat that trade, checking in, paying them wise, making sure that they're taken care of, they have their schedule is lined up with the total build schedule and then, ooh, there's a hiccup. No problem, no problem. Let me make some adjustments. Let me make this happen for you. Will this work for you? Those trades that I'm speaking of truly, truly, truly appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And they go out of their freaking ways to make sure that that contractor is taken care of. And vice versa, vice versa. So I do see, again, Business norm wise, mm-hmm. I do see that there are trades that get into the norm and this is how it is. And I got to get into the grind and the grind is rough, but you know what? My family's taken care of. But then as soon as they get with a contractor that truly understands them and understands what they're going through on a day to day, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. like there's there's that sense of almost a sense of brotherhood. And, a, and a, a deeper relationship, which we're all, we've talked relationships like all day. Right, right. Talk. So that relationship, I believe, helps people in general with the purpose. Yeah, for sure. You know, as a trade goes in and they're working on XYZ in a, let's just say you're working with um, a framer. Mm-hmm. The framer knows that Adam Breen really cares about well not just adam but the entire team really cares about their well-being yeah when they're on job site their safety make sure they go home safe and happy and they're able to do their job and not you know skirt around 15 other trades that are Mm -hmm. all in there at the same time i have personally seen and had numerous conversations with individual trades especially when i was in that world that sit and talk They'll mm-hmm. talk and let's hey man, you this is the contractor you really want to work with. Oh, yeah. why? Oh, because of X, Y, and Z, you know, took care of me, had an issue with family, I had to get off site. They they really cleared the way for me to come back in. Yeah, I had to go in on a Saturday and a Sunday, but man, paid me on time. There was no issues and I got more work from them. Yeah. I am really starting to see that that relationship and what you see in now, what I would call business norms. Yep trade partners, even contractors are starting to sway their, all right, I'm just not going to take a warm body yeah. anymore. I'm I'm really going to go after this guy or gal that did above and beyond for me. Yeah, I, I hear you. It's I'm not perfect at it. And it's an interesting topic that you bring up because I'm sitting here thinking through some of my, my subcontractor relationships that are really good. 
and some that are really bad. And it's, it's kind of coming to the front of my mind of it's not always that you can make that relationship good by on-time payments, certain communication, you know, keeping to par with certain people. It's definitely a personality conflict or success too, right? right? right. Just because you and a company you work with may get along with a certain electrician doesn't mean I do. And it has zero to do with my payment systems, my communications. Mm -hmm. It may just be my personality or how I run business versus your personality and how you run business that just does and doesn't work. So I've got relationships right now that are super sour subcontractors and I've got some that are incredibly great. Right. And I'm trying to find the ones that are sour to say, hey, let's amicably split apart. We're not firing, we're not fighting. Like how do we yeah. split apart? Because we just, our, our companies just don't work well together. Right. And that's okay, you know? And it's, you have to realize that to say, that's okay. But it's really interesting when you take the personality. Let, let's, you know, come back to some common conclusions of like, whether it's electrician, plumber, HVAC contractor, or a framer. Out on a job site today, mm -hmm. they're most likely wearing a hooded sweatshirt, a beanie, you know, jeans that probably have, whether it's paint stains, oil stains, or, you know, plumbing glue stains on them. They have this similar appearance to them. Right. You probably saw them at 6 a.m. this morning at Maverick grabbing coffee or an energy drink yep, and absolutely. a donut on their way out the door. Right. They have this very similar, like, this is that stereotypical trade. And it's amazing when you take somebody that has a sense of purpose, like we're talking about today. And they've found a way to be comfortable in their world versus somebody who's just fighting against the grain. They look the same person, but you take that guy that's out there and found a way to be comfortable in his skin and found success in what he does. And whether he's driving a tractor and got dirt on his hoodie or he's got plumber glue on his hoodie, if he's found a sense of his comfort in his own world, his own purpose, those guys can be incredibly successful and they're okay. They don't. They don't care if they're wearing a, a ripped up sweatshirt with holes in the jeans, you know, but then you find the exact same personality that's fighting against the grain and doesn't have a purpose. And man, they hate their job. Mm. They hate what they're doing. And it's the same, it's the same perceived perception of person when you pull up to a job site, you know? So I think as we come back to like all this, it is, you know, we've described mainstream media, society, what we're expected to do, society's motivator of fear, and then finding your Aurora as a person. And I think where I'm really trying to bring this back to right now is it's finding comfort in your world and your your small little position on this earth. Right. Right. No one cares who you are at the end of the day, you know, and maybe going back to, to your professional days, like you were all measured on weight, height, how fast you could run the 40, what your statistics were. No one cared about you, so to speak. And I hate to say no one did, yeah. you know, but in a lot of your that world, that society, everyone just cares about your stats, man. You know, and, and when you finally find your position and comfort in your small little position of that world is really where you start to find that balance and sense of purpose. It doesn't matter if you're wearing a ripped up hoodie with plumber's glue on it. Right. Or if you're wearing a, a suit dressed to the nines. If you're comfortable in your shoes, comfortable in your world, who cares? You know, I, I keep falling back to this, uh, you know, go back to the old school Rocky Balboa quote when he's talking to his son. And he says, life is not fair. It will chew you up and spit you out. You know, at the end of the day, it's not about how hard you can get hit. It's how many hits you can take and still get up. It's that person that has a good foundation, is comfortable in their little corner of the world and the bubble they've created and goes, I can enjoy the aurora around me. Mm -hmm. Whether it's the turn of the leaves on the mountain, the new snowfall, the fresh air, 
you know, the kid smiles, it's finding comfort in your own box and being okay with that. Right. We don't have to conquer the world, so to speak. Right. You know, so I don't know. Those, those are my thoughts on yeah. it. Yeah. What do you think? Ooh, question for you, Adam, <laughs> then for you. Okay. If you went on to one of your job sites today, grabbed any of your trades and just asked them the question, hey, what is your purpose today on this job site for me? What do you think they would say? <laughs> Can I be candid? Yes. Fuck off. <laughs> okay. I, I joke about that because at the end of the day, the way you worded it is what is your purpose on the job site for me, for me, right. Adam Green today? Yeah. I'm immediately putting myself on this pedestal above them saying, I'm in charge. What are you doing for me today? Okay. And I think any subcontractor's immediate reaction would be the finger. Okay. Fly a kite. Okay. So same situation, mm -hmm. job site, same contractor, sorry, same tradesman. Next day, what is your personal purpose on this job site today? What do you think they would say? I think you'd catch them stuttered a little bit. And the reason I said that, I've, I've read into this before. I've seen guys on job sites that just look back to Rocky Balboa, chewed up and spit out. Right. And punched to the T, you know. Right. Stressed, loaded up on energy drinks, you know, lack of sleep, maybe a fight with a spouse or girlfriend, you know, the old lady the mm -hmm. night before. I've sat back and said, guys, at what point do you really put an achievement on the work you're doing here today. Not for me, but here today. Mm -hmm. You know, the custom homes we build are a sense of artistic, incredible nature of what very few people can do. And you get skilled craftsmen mm -hmm. set aside from the subcontractors mm -hmm. that are doing more than just gluing pipe and nailing framing together. Right. You know, there there is a very much, uh, there should be a lot of pride of what they put behind it. Right. And for these guys to be able to see on a 2D set of plans and then, create into a 3d house is absolutely amazing so when you question somebody to say you know I, I get that every day may feel the same long hours the same amount of stress but when was the last time you stepped back and snapped a picture at that incredible fireplace you had act, you had part of been building mm -hmm. or the incredible island that you fabricated and you know cut the perfect quartz piece to fit on top seamed together with a you know completely visionless seam like right. when you really step back most of those guys have snapped pictures of the cool work that they have done mm -hmm. and i think if you can get to that sense of purpose and ask them the right way they'll tell you they're they're proud of what they do mm -hmm. you know but it's it's not easy to get there because i think a lot of the times they're treated like the guys working on the job site the laborers I'm glad you said it yeah. just like that. Yep. So absolutely. Jake, same questions. Yeah, I think, uh, and we're, we're talking the profession of, of custom home building, residential and, and tradesmen contractors, but I think these exact same topics apply to many other business aspects. And let's even, uh, I'll answer in a, in a family aspect, you know, back to the three motivators, fear, duty, and love. Most teenagers in a healthy family are still parented out of fear and duty. And I get why. I'm not saying I'm above it. It's, it's, of course, you love your kids, but it's very hard to motivate out of love as, as you know, that analogy we just walked through. Uh, tradesmen, what are you doing for me today? They say, screw off. Or that more heartfelt, hey, 
what's your purpose? What brings you joy in the job and really getting to know them? In an altruistic world, Adam, as a business owner and general contractor, wants to say and has read the books and knows that it would go a long way for him to personally get to know people on the job site. Or you hear these amazing CEOs that had, you know, pretty much everyone's first name on their work floor memorized. And and although that's great, I'm not knocking that. I also know the other side of that in business. You don't have all the time in the world to just go around doing this stuff. And it doesn't directly lead to generating revenue to your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a lot of us small business owners, the number one focus on our mind is generating revenue, you know? So let's be real. So back, back to these same questions in a family setting where let's say money is not directly tied to motivating your kids to do something. Uh, there's, there's other reasons or motivators, but the same principles apply. I think what you guys were both describing there is simply a few key foundations to this whole topic today, a few key foundations to balance and purpose. And that is being present. Take it from me at 42 years old. I had an experience at 36 that I realized in that moment, and one of the most top three profound experiences of my life, I realized at that moment that I had never been present in my prior 36 years. Why? Because I'm type A and I always had something else on my mind. Right. Always. What do I got to do next? Mm-hmm. What? Or even analyzing the past and history and how mm-hmm. I do X, Y, Z better or what's coming tomorrow or what I got to do tonight or, or my to-do list. Mind was always racing. As I've worked on trying to be present the last six years, I can tell you that you gain relationship um, goodwill in a massive way if you can be real and present with people. Absolutely. That's it. And again, as entrepreneurs or busy people or type A or trying to fill all these other areas of your life, I'm well aware you can't go around being present 24 seven. My wife is a very present person. Her challenge in life is that she's so present all the time. A lot of stuff does not get done. She's disorganized. So So there's negatives and positives to all these things. But as a business owner, if you can be real, straight up, even if that's in a stern sort of way or whatever, be real with people and present with people, then you are gonna connect with them on those other four body levels we discussed. Sure. You're going to connect with them not just mentally, mm-hmm. but perhaps spiritually or emotionally. So even in a, even for, let's just say a contractor, since we're talking that anyways, mm-hmm. breaking that business norm, mm-hmm. breaking the, what have you done for me lately? Yep. And rolling that into more of a. Let me hear about you. Exactly. Yep. I like it. Yeah, for sure. I like it. And I've, I've found that to be true in my own business. I have had independent contractors that have worked on my team. I've had employees. I recently had a, a, a big change last August where it was kind of abrupt and it was unexpected. And I was a little bit too upset to start dialing up everybody that works with me and explaining to them what happened. So I sent one text and I said, I'm leaving this, this company and we're going independent but you're all free to do what you want. 
And that was in a text, Brandon. So, yeah. I mean, imagine how informal that is. Yeah. And um, what gave me a lot of confidence is by the next morning, 10 of 11 people all said, we're going with you. Wow. Awesome. Without explanation. Right. At the root of it, I need to ask myself, well, maybe not necessarily a pat on my own back, but what led to that? What causes that kind of loyalty? Because mm-hmm. that's the kind of loyalty you want in, in business, not just people that are tied to getting that paycheck. For sure. And although we could unpack it in probably another podcast, some of the highlights are uh, there's been a lot of moments that all 11 of those people I've either helped or been real with right. or genuinely interested in their well-being Absolutely. and present with them. Right. Right. We could get deep into that one. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> However. <laughs> all right. So you you now have the 90-second floor to encapsulate and wrap up. And you know, I'm not going <laughs> yep, to job I need that. to hear it. No way yep. in hell. <laughs> Basically, what I am taking from today's episode is, well, quite a few things. Deep Thoughts by Brandon Hicks. <laughs> <laughs> purpose. Like, there's, everybody's got to have a sense of purpose one way or another. And you you need to be motivated with your purpose but not 110% driven by your purpose because it's going to change. One way or another, it's going to change. There's going to be something that is either not going to be as important anymore or completely get cut off. You need to be able to adapt and move from that purpose and motivation to the next in a nutshell. I think that's that's what I'm getting from this episode in general, really. I think on the contractor side of the house, maybe breaking those business norms a little bit and taking five, ten minutes and sitting down with maybe not your your trade partner that is like your go-to, maybe the one that is either borderline or brand new to working with you and sitting back and maybe getting to know them a little bit better, maybe getting to find out what their purposes are. Um, why do you work this job? Why is this your, your profession? Well, I love it. Okay. Why, why do you love it? Give me, give me some more Intel on that. Cause I, I want to help you with your goals and I want to help you with your purpose as much as I possibly can, which will in turn, help all of us understand each other when it comes down to the job period. Yeah. I think you're taking that from, from today's episode. I like it. Good rap. I try. I try. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. It was a great episode. Jake, great to have you. Guess what? Yeah, man. We're going to have you come back again. All right. (laughs) Hey, I'm welcome back. That means it must've went well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Thanks.